Well, it is uh, good to be together um, this morning and uh, looking forward to uh, sharing uh, with you guys and kind of talking together about um, many things that uh, God has done uh, over this past year, as, as well as where we kind of see God taking us in 2021. And this is one of our uh, favorite uh, Sundays of the year, just to talk about um, all of these things. And this morning, we're going to talk about it um, in light of both our mission, which, of course, you guys know completely, right? Which is to love God and love people and to make disciples. Yeah, it was good. Um, now we're going to go through a word by word of all of our vision statement. So just, just kidding, we're not going to do that this morning. But uh, we want to talk about those three things, and particularly we want to talk about those three things in light of the discipleship pathway, which you see uh, here behind me in the back of the stage, and how we've seen God, what we've seen God do, as well as where He's going. So, uh, so here we are. Morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Don't forget to use your mic. I'll test mine. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Good morning. All of our mics work. Praise God for that. Uh, we're done. That's great. So uh, this morning as we get, get ready to um, talk um, about what God has uh, been doing and as well as uh, where he's going, um, we're going to talk about these things. So the idea that discipleship is what we as a church, what God's people are to be about, that we should be making disciples. This is the mission that he has called all of us to. And for us, that doesn't look like a destination where, okay, you completed this class or this course and bam, you're discipled. Uh, we really view it as a pathway, and we view making disciples as something that all of us are to be doing uh, wherever we are, whatever we're doing. This is the mission of the church. And that, that pathway starts with somebody um, knowing God, hearing His Word, um, being preached, with responding to the gospel in their lives. And it goes on from there to someone getting connected in a church and finding community, and then from there, uh, really um, committing um, their lives and being part of being discipled and making disciples. And then this last piece of changing the world. And uh, we're going to talk about that one a little bit more um, here um, later. So, um, so, gentlemen, curious. Uh, we're actually going to talk about this question last, but I'm going to move it to the front because I'm talking on the microphone right now. So I'm curious, how have you guys seen God move in your personal lives this past year? So not just in the church, but what has God been doing in each of your lives in 2020? I'll start. Yeah. Um, you had to start with this? I did. <laughs> Sorry. 2020 um, for Amy and I was probably the roughest year we've had ever. And it wasn't just COVID-related. Um, Grandson Ollie was born, one pound, 12 ounces. He was in the NICU for 94 days. His last half of the NICU experience was when COVID kicked off. My job with the National Guard ramped up. Um, it was just hard. But, you know, if, if there's something that I've learned or just been reminded of, is to actually take joy in the struggles because mm -hmm. through those things I've learned that God has grown me in ways to where while it's very hard um, I know I'm going to be better off for it. I mean Amy and I grew closer together this last year than I'd say we've ever been before. 
Um, my relationship with God is stronger than it's ever been before. And just a reliance on him through all of it, through all the chaos and the mess and the brokenness, um, I'm very thankful for that. And I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it. Absolutely. Praise God. I would say that the challenge that God has been working in my heart most is just challenging me with where my allegiances are, where my um, where my time is spent, what occupies my thoughts, and what I'm tend towards worrying about, and and then giving that to Him. I think that I think the onset of of COVID drew that out. And in some ways, and then also in the midst of kind of the, the chaos of, of the events around our country that happened all across the course of the year, um, forced, forced me into kind of drilling down of where it was my, my allegiance. That word allegiance just keeps coming to mind of what is, what is most important, what is the most important, what is important, what's not. A couple of things just in my personal life that more or less went away. And part of it, like I said, was because of COVID. Um, I went from being kind of a sports junkie a little bit to today, I almost watch no sports. That was one of the things that, that just over the course of the year, it's just something that has uh, for a number of reasons that if anybody's interested in, I'll have a, love to have a conversation with you, but um, it just sort of um, boiled away, and it's one of those things that, that any longer, it doesn't have the same luster that, that it had before. Well, you really enjoyed the sport of curling, right? <laughs> you really just got out of shrine and posters on your wall and yeah. all of those people. Yeah. Um, so uh, another one would be uh, politics and would be something that I um, have spent a lot of time and mental, um, mental stuff, just mental... Um, Anguish? Yeah, <laughs> and just anything. I mean, just, just thinking about it, taking up your thoughts. And that's another thing that, especially as this year is closed out and, and things seem to sort of get more and more chaotic as we enter into a new year, it just has begun to be less, uh, again, but less luster and the importance and the importance of an allegiance to the the creator that knows all and has all perspective that has um, and I'm not saying it's easy um, to do this but it's become and I'm trying to allow it to become more important in my life than just the 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 waves of today or tomorrow and what this person said or that person said or or the the thing we might be anticipating it just kind of all a little bit has boiled away and i'm trying to to have that be more what is what i'm reflecting is what paul was talking about um in the last last week um what am i reflecting am i reflecting some some the the created ideas or am i reflecting the creator that's good Boy, that's, that's a good question, and um, got a lot of things I could say, but I think for me, I would sum it up just to say um, doctrine matters. Theology matters. And I think this year, uh, more than any 
year previous, uh, ex- with the exception of maybe one in my life, um, the reality of God's word as truth, um, as a foundation in which to build my life um, has never been more apparent. Um, I think seeing God's sovereign hand, his, his divine providence leading us um, uh, to preach on the things that we preached on last year when we had no clue COVID was coming uh, tells you something about God. And in the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of the chaos, uh, in, the, in the midst of the hardship and everything else, um, there has been a, a, a level of peace and joy, as you said, Greg, uh, in my life that I realize uh, can't be taken away um, because of the God whom I serve. And, and, the, and the real realization that this world is not my home. And that I, I, I know we're put here, you know, to be salt and light. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you and I were talking about this this morning. We, we read the end of the book. We know how it ends. Jesus is coming back, you know. And that's what Amen. I've been trying to keep my eyes on this year. Yeah. I would say for me, um, really echoing many things that the two of you said specifically, just how many things in my life that um, seem to be important. Um, it's like... That's not really all that important. <laughs> and as God just began to kind of move some of those things away, um, just in my own personal walk, um, as well as the idea of um, this is not my home. Um, I am a stranger in a foreign land. Mm-hmm. And I think, that, you know, as we've all kind of experienced this, this past week and these past months, that's becoming more and more true, that we are strangers in a foreign land. And that is how God has written the story. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that shouldn't cause us fear. But um, I think draw us closer, push us closer to the person of Christ. And I think, too, just the idea of what's important, knowing that um, as we've changed the way we do church uh, here and uh, realizing what's important and what's not important, um, that's really been impactful as God's been just hammering that home in, in my walk, in my life this year. So, And I know talking to many of you, you've, you've had the same kind of thoughts and and feelings, and God's doing those things in you too, so we're, we're encouraged um, by that. So let's turn to the pathway and this idea of knowing God. Primarily, if, if we assign a, a church vehicle to that, that's um, primarily happening on, on Sunday mornings where we proclaim uh, God's Word, where His truth is spoken, where um, it hits um, our ears and life change happens. So curious, how have you guys seen um, God work and move um, in this um, part of the pathway of knowing God, how have you seen, what have you seen God do? In the knowing God part. In the knowing well, God Well, it goes back to kind of what I said is, is just immersing yourself yeah, personally and I think corporately in God's Word and building your life not on how you feel, but upon the truth of, of his word. And, and that's the rock that Jesus says we're to build you know, our, our lives on. And, and I think when it comes to Sunday morning, the Sunday morning gathering, that's a small part of, of what it, you know, how we get to know God. Um, you know, we sit, we sing God's word, we hear God's word, we respond to God's word, um, but God's word has to be front and center. So we have to understand, you know, wh- what does it say, <laughs> what does it mean, and what does it mean for us today? Yeah, and interesting. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that just in the context of this past year, 
uh, going back into the, the previous year a little bit, how, how God positioned us in the sale of our building, giving us financial stability, um, our emphasis on life groups and D groups, even when we weren't able to meet, that we were still positioned to, to continue worshiping, continue growing. And so that um, was a huge part of, of our not having to be um, concerned about our financial survival. For, for instance, in March and April, when a lot of churches were not meeting and wondering where that next payment was going to come from, by God's grace, that was something we could still focus on, on ministry and, and serving one another and discipling one another. Yeah, and to piggyback on that, you know, it, it, to me, 2020 just emphasized the fact that the church is not a building and that it is the body. And to see us go from school to 100% virtual in, what, a week? Uh, Trevor, Three less days. than a week, wherever. <laughs> a few days. Probably a few days. Um, and then back to finding this location and where we're at today where, you know, we're not all, 100% of our body isn't here, but a good portion of it um, in spite of the challenges of COVID and the fact that, you know, we've continued to operate as a body through all those challenges has just been awesome. Yeah. And that, that whole transition to um, adding Facebook Live, um, I... I I don't know how much you appreciate it, but um, just seeing um, Trevor and the few people that were really helping to make that happen um, in less than a week uh, was huge for us. And you might be asking, well, why, why do we do or not do certain things uh, with this whole uh, lights and camera thing? And we just want to talk just briefly about that. Uh, for us, um, what happens here on stage um, isn't a show. Um, it's not uh, to entertain uh, we uh, want to use our time here um, to proclaim uh, God's Word. That's, that's why we're here um, on Sunday mornings. And when it comes to utilizing the tools of the Internet and those types of things, we, we've talked some about, actually quite a bit, about why we're doing it, why we're, why we're not going to do it someday maybe, and what it is and what it isn't. And for us, we, we see the church um, as the called out ones, as the community, uh, that people come together uh, to worship God and to hear His Word taught. And we know with this past year with COVID, that's been a challenge. There, there are some that uh, can't make it or really should stay at home because of um, their health or those that they're serving um, in uh, that might have some health challenges. And we wanted um, and still want to provide um, that vehicle so that we can stay together, even if it's virtually but this Facebook Live thing was never intended um, to be a, well, hey, just tune in, um, enjoy the show, uh, because if so, we, we would have to probably get a, a lot more entertaining, right? We wouldn't be on stage. We wouldn't be on stage. <laughs> We'd be looking for new people. Um, and, but, we, but we wanted to provide it uh, for those that need it. Um, so for Sunday mornings, we want to encourage you, um, continue if you're able and you're ready uh, to continue to come together um, physically in person um, so that we can be the body of Christ here together. Well, and, and the reality of the value of getting together, and I would say even today um, with the fact of, of wearing masks and stuff, it's still a challenge to relate. I never realized until 2020 how much I relied on that bottom portion of one another's faces. <laughs> we, were, right? we were talking this week that when we get rid of masks, we'll all keep overemphasizing our eyes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was walking in talking to Yana or somebody, I think, like, I'm smiling. <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> but but the, the value in being together, 
And, you know, there may be days, I know there's days for Amy and I, we're like, I, I just want to stay in bed, you know. I want to just stay home where I'm comfy. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of nice with work. I've been working from home, and, you know, I just have to decide when I shower based on when my first virtual meeting is, you know, not to get out we, the door by 530. We, 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 don't, we don't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. Um, but, no, the value in gathering together as a body is absolutely critical. And it's not just to receive, right? You don't know when you come in the door what you're going to do and provide for someone else who may be having a rough week. You don't know the encouragement you may provide. So if you're not here, that person's going to lose out, and you're going to lose out on the blessing of, of helping someone else. So it is absolutely critical that we make sure we gather together as a body. Yeah. So be here. It's important. Um, if you're tired or sleepy, don't stay in your jammas and watch on TV. Mm-hmm. Come, come here together. And we're encouraged that that's happening on a large scale. We got coffee. We, we do. Can I also I, think that like one other thing on the, on the Facebook Live thing is that going into the future, whether or not it looks exactly like it looks now, I think there's also an opportunity to reach folks in our area and even outside of our area with the gospel or, or someone that hasn't been in a church for a long time and is looking for one. It does provide a unique window into the things that we're preaching, the, the way that we worship, things like that. So I think there's some value there. Yeah, and we have people from the Dakotas join us every a week. Hello to you. Um, people from Florida every week. People from Kosovo often. Uh, South Africa. Um, people from all over. So that's been fun to see. I would add one more thing to, to that. Uh, I'm piggybacking off of Greg's word, critical. Um, and this again kind of goes back to doctrine and theology. The Facebook opportunity that we have is is wonderful exactly for the people that, that you mentioned, those who are shut in, those who are ill, those that are struggling right now, not sure when to come back, you know, because of COVID, um, uh, folks that are in assisted living facilities. Uh, we've got a bunch of people watching from uh, Pickerington up in Violet Springs. We're glad you're with us. And um, also, uh, you know, uh, people uh, across the country, across the world, you know, that could not be here. But I think this technology has begged the question, what is the church? Yeah. And it's, it's been a good thing for us to be able to, to, to stop and think, what exactly is the church? And, and the church, as we know, the, the, the Greek word is ekklesia, which is a gathering of called out ones. And so by its very definition, the church is the body of Christ as we come together. And we realize not everybody is able to do that. But as much as possible, it's absolutely critical that we meet together as the body of Christ. Yeah. Why don't we share just a, just a recap, just real quick, um, some of the highlights of what God's been teaching us through his word here on Sunday mornings this past year. So I know we've talked um, a lot about um, the idea of submission, all of our favorite word. Uh, we can vote on that if that's helpful. Uh, but what does it look like for us you know, to submit to God's word, which calls us to submit to local authorities? And that, we would all say, I would think, has been um, a significant challenge for us um, in our faith, um, as well as just in our practice. So we've, we've talked about that. What are some other things that uh, you've seen just God really challenge our church with as we've been teaching his word? For me personally, I go back to one, I was going through the book of Esther and just remind, being reminded that we're we may not even understand what we're being called to at certain times, but wherever we're at, we need to recognize that we're there because God wants us to be there. Yeah, yeah we may not see him at work, but he is at work. 
And, I, and I've often said that, that that is the essence of faith. It's not so much that we know what God is doing, you know, but that he knows where we are and he will do what only God can do. Yeah. Yeah. Other things that come to mind that uh, God's challenged us with on Sunday mornings? Well, you touched on it a little bit, the, the whole thing with submission. I think it was just a great thing for us as a church to even talk about it. Because it's one of those things where you can read the verse and kind of nod your assent and then move on to the next thing. But when you're in an environment or when you really need to exercise submission in a difficult circumstance or a difficult setting, that's when you find out what you really believe. So I think just the fact that, that, you know, First Peter in particular dealt with, with that, uh, not only uh, to governing authorities, but also submission in the home, uh, in the workplace and such. Um, I think it challenged us. I know it challenged me because I can admit that I may not feel like submitting sometimes, right? Yeah, we, we normally call those weekdays, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, do I love the Lord? Am I willing to obey him and honor him by obeying his commands? And then, you know, he'll take care of the rest. Yeah. I've been so encouraged too, as we've worked through um, some just difficult topics, both in our culture as well as here as a family, just the way um, that our church family has extended grace to other people as they're working through it, maybe in a different way, uh, maybe at a different pace, uh, maybe at a different conclusion even, uh, but that there's been a lot of grace um, extended to one another, and, and I think just encourage us that that's going to just need to continue. That's part of what being the body of Christ is all about. Mm. Hey, one other thing just to add, yeah. because it's been so long, we totally forgot about it, but we started 2020 finishing up the book of Ephesians, and that was an, a, an amazing, wonderful book uh, that highlighted the grace of God, um, you know, the, uh, and I, I know I'll be getting a little bit ahead, but, but if you were to look back at Ephesians and you were to tr- come up with one sentence for it, I think I would, I would say it is about the glorious head of the body. And uh, this year, I'm excited, I know I'm getting ahead, no, but no, we're, we're gonna be uh, in the book of Colossians. And what I find fascinating is, is when you look at the book of Colossians, it's almost the flip of Ephesians because it's, the emphasis is on, is on the body of the glorious head. And so I'm really excited about going there this year. Yeah. What are some other things that uh, we think God's calling us to teach on and some of the series we're going through? Um, Well, last year, you know, through our dialogue, through prayer, uh, you know, we came to the conclusion that we believe that God wanted to challenge us as a congregation when it came to sharing our faith. Um, to be more missional. Uh, and what, what does that mean? It, it means everything from you know, learning the gospel and living the gospel and then letting loose the gospel. Well, how do we do that? We do that by sharing our testimonies. Um, you know, if you've n- never done that, then it, it probably start by writing it out and getting your thoughts down on paper. Um, it's gaining the courage um, to invite people to worship on Sunday mornings or to life group or to a particular event that would be uh, apropos. Um, it's, it's learning the gospel. It's memorizing scripture. It's getting out there and, and doing it. And so uh, you're going you're gonna to see that emphasis throughout the entire year. There will be uh, a series in the not-too-distant future on evangelism that we're going to uh, 
uh, talk about. Uh, we've got uh, three of our missionaries that are going to be here. They're going to share with us. And, uh, and through, uh, you know, uh, the book studies that we'll be doing, we'll keep coming back to that theme. But I really believe, as uh, those of you that were here last week uh, know by now, I believe this, is, this year God wants us to shine more brightly than we ever have. And so we're going to be challenging you to do that this year. This week, as I was uh, doing quiet time, and this was, I think, on, I think it was on Thursday, uh, maybe Wednesday night or, or Thursday, kind of on the heels of all the events that happened in Washington on, on Wednesday, and, and just uh, by God's grace, we were studying in our D group, Acts 12, and in Acts 12, right away, Herod kills James because he's a part of the church, and then because the crowd liked it, um, he went ahead and arrested Peter and threw him in jail. And so I was sort of, as I was reading this, I'm like, wow, you know, it's, it's sort, of, sort of all sort of rings, rings similar. And, and then what happened that night was that an angel of the Lord showed up and walked Peter out of jail. Mm-hmm. And it hit me that in any of these instances that have been chaotic in our country this entire year, God and the angel of the Lord could have showed up at any one of those points, calmed the, the situation, stopped some of the, the difficult and violent things that were going on. But you know what? He didn't. And then as I was praying and thinking through that, uh, my mind went to Romans chapter 1, which talks about the the attributes of God being plain to everyone through his creation. That we, we know, those of us who know Christ, know him, it's testified by his creation. Even if we've not, even for those that haven't heard the gospel, that God testifies to himself through his creation. And then throughout the rest of the book uh, or of that chapter one of, of Romans, it talks about how people have and continue to deny that, that reality of, of him. And then when that happens, that God then turns us over to the desires of our hearts, the desires of our flesh. And so I was thinking about all that in the context of, of what happened this week. And I sort of got excited because you know what happened in the days since James was killed and Peter was walked out of prison and, and Rome was obviously having problems because of what was recorded by Paul in chapter 1. The church happened for the last 2,000-ish years and brought us to where the church of Jesus Christ is here today. Now, we collectively aren't perfect by far, but there's millions and millions of people who have come to know Christ and will be eternally uh, worshipers of him in heaven since that day. And so even though that day was rough when James got killed and Peter got thrown into prison and that certainly the culture in Rome there was, was, had had better days, um, a whole lot of good has happened in the church since then. And so I'm excited as we look forward in this time of chaos, the church can stand up. The church as we have courage, certainly those that are not following Christ are going to be courageous in sharing their thoughts about things. And so we can be courageous in sharing our beliefs 
and the truth, and that we might have a defense, like in 1 Peter, we talked about having a defense Mm -hmm. for what gives us the hope of Christ. And that's what excites me about the coming year and the coming, you know, five or 10 years, even though there's a lot of chaotic stuff going on. But you know what? The word of God is true, and Christ is a great hope. Amen. As you were speaking, I was thinking about a passage of scriptures found in uh, Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 14. Um, uh, Excuse me, uh, Paul is writing here. And actually, go back a little bit. He says, Beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish, and here's the part, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Amen. Yeah. I was reading um, this week with my D group and journaling in um, Hebrews 11. It says that in the hall of faith, talking about by faith, all of these people and what um, God did through them. And in verse 13, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the things that were promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. And it goes on later um, to say, but as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And for us, um, taking our eyes off of the earthly and really focusing all of our thoughts and all of our heart um, on the pursuit of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. is going to be exciting um, to see how God changes us in that way this, this next year. So... So as people come to know Christ, they, they hear God's word being taught or preached or read. Um, they respond to the Spirit, and they, they know God in a personal way as uh, they seek his forgiveness and confess their sin and um, repent, and God turns them uh, to follow him. And they find God. They know God. Um, the next step is as people begin on this journey, this pathway of discipleship, it's really people finding community. I'm getting plugged in uh, with other believers um, to be encouraged, to be challenged, um, to have those to walk this journey with. Um, and the, the primary way that that happens here, although not completely, but the primary way is that that happens to our, our small groups or our life groups. Paul, just briefly, what, what are life groups? Well, um, ideally, they're small groups. <laughs> uh, some of them have not been so small, uh, but we're excited about uh, new groups forming. Uh, but there are, you know, generally, you know, uh, groups of, let's say, eight to 12 people that gather together for the purpose of s- promoting spiritual growth, meaningful relationships, and mission. Um, it is where big church gets small. It's where we can be known and be cared for, but it's also where we get to know others and care for them, as you, you mentioned. A lot of times, I think people, you know, choose churches, choose groups, choose, you know, whatever it is that they choose because they're, they're wondering, uh, all right, what's in it for me? 
Um, but I think the way that God wants us to think about it is, is that what can I contribute? What can I give? How can I help others grow in their walk with Christ, in their relationships with others, and as they seek to be on mission with God in, in the world? So um, the centerpiece, of course, is, is Scripture. Uh, generally speaking, uh, what we do is uh, each of our groups uh, take the text from Sunday morning, and, and we dive in a little bit deeper, focus a little bit more on application. Uh, but all of the groups uh, are to be open and inclusive, meaning uh, you can invite your neighbor who doesn't come to New Life to join you if they're interested, and they won't feel like they're on the outside looking in. Um, so we encourage our life group leaders not to reference the sermon or to say, hey, what did you think about what you know, Eric said or what Greg said yesterday, but treat it as a standalone study. And, um, and it's an entry point. It's, you know, uh, Sunday mornings clearly is an entry point here for us, but life groups can be an entry point to uh, some people would feel more comfortable going into a home than they would coming into a church or a gym. Yeah. Well, I think Ryan mentioned it earlier this past year. Um, our life groups have been really critical um, for us to be able to have that community, to, to, to closeness with others. And um, many families this past year have gotten plugged in to a life group. And it's interesting. Um, people plug in. They're all at different places. Some people, um, they've just moved here, and um, they've really seen God um, at work in their lives and are just fired up uh, for this next season, and they're ready to grab a hold of other people and just live life. Um, some people um, are kind of on a different spectrum where um, they've been faithful to God, but they're, they're coming um, from something that's broken. Um, they're hurting and they're wounded. And they're asking these questions, can I, can I trust these people? Do I want to trust these people? Do I really want to be around um, other people? And all of this has happened um, this past year um, in the midst of um, our culture kind of going nuts. And I've been encouraged um, to see many um, plugging in, um, taking those steps of faith, which are um, steps of courage to get plugged in. And I've just seen really a lot of growth happening. Mm-hmm. I want to add uh, something else to it. You've talked about this ad nauseum. Um, isn't agnosium not good? Well, yes, like, but... Isn't that like when people are so tired of hearing it, they want to vomit? Yes, but that, that, that's word the word is nauseous, right? When, you know, when, when, when people get well, tired of... Well, I've got of, my agnosium list for you too, Paul. When, <laughs> when people get tired of hearing about it, you're just beginning to get through, you know? And so, um, and where I'm getting at here is all the one another commands in Scripture, you know? I mean, there is a, I don't know, dozens and dozens of these one another commands in Scripture. And I think why it's so important for us to understand um, the importance of, of small group is, or life group for us is that you cannot fulfill those commandments unless you're in community. Uh, whether it be love one another, care for one another, bear one another's burdens, you know, uh, you, you name it. You've got to have people around you. For, forgive one another. And so to say, I don't need to be in community or I, I, I'm growing spiritually fine without it. Listen, you can't. You cannot grow in Christ-likeness unless you're, you're putting yourself in a position where you have an opportunity to obey those commands. And those commands, they're not just imperatives because God, you know, hey, I think this is a good idea. They're the actual means in which we grow in Christ-likeness. You know, when somebody offends you and you have an opportunity to forgive, you are being like Christ, 
when he was on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so, so it's so important um, to be able to grow in Christ and in order to do that, to find yourself in community with other believers. Yeah, absolutely. Are there, um, are there some things that we're seeing um, God getting ready to do or in the process of doing here this next year with life groups? Well, we recently uh, launched out a new life group, meaning we had a new life group leader. Um, we're also excited about another group forming here within the next couple of months. Uh, beyond that, we'd love to see more groups. Uh, uh, I know this week, um, we, our group, we've, we've got a new couple that's planning on joining us. And so God is continuing to bring people into the church and plugging them into groups. We just need to make sure we have enough groups to accommodate them. Yeah, awesome. Well, and hopefully as, as we're starting to go around this pathway, um, hopefully you're beginning to identify uh, where you're at, either in whole or in part, because you're not necessarily all in just one category, uh, but begin to allow God to open that, those eyes, your eyes to those things. So we, we know God, we spend our lives to Him, we, we find community. Um, the next step uh, for us on the pathway is to begin uh, to make disciples, where there's um, a, a D group for us, uh, we define that as a, a gender-based group of three to five, where you are um, meeting weekly uh, to practice um, the, the spiritual disciplines, where the group is missional, it's accountable. Um, and accountability for us, by the way, isn't a, um, oh, Greg, um, man, um, here's all of the ways you sucked this week and you need to fix this. Um, there wouldn't that, be enough time. <laughs> that's, that's not accountability, but for, for brothers or for sisters um, to sit around a table and encourage and challenge one another. Um, sometimes we need someone to look at us and be like, hey, man, I love you. Um, you we got to really invest this week. I'm be praying for you. I'm going to reach out to you and have um, those kind of brothers and sisters that do that. And those are the kinds of things that happen in D groups. So they're missional and they're accountable. Um, they're also um, reproducible. So discipleship um, for us, it's, again, it's not about you take a class, you're discipled, you're good, and someone from the church staff discipled you. Um, discipling is what we're all called to do. And we want our D groups to be such that you go through um, this year and you've been in that group, you're able to reproduce that and to continue year after year um, to be in a, a D group where you are um, discipling others and a part of that process, that this becomes the mission, not just for a year for us, but this is the mission of our lives, that we're making disciples. So we, all those groups are obviously um, communal in the sense that we're really spending time sharing what's going on in our lives together. And uh, most of all, um, those groups are rooted in Scripture. So those spiritual disciplines, uh, we are memorizing Scripture. Some people are memorizing kind of through a set of verses. Um, my group has been memorizing through um, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, which we all do on different levels of success um, each and every week. Uh, but we're working through that, and um, God has been uh, growing us and, and challenging us. But Scripture is at the heart of all of those spiritual disciplines for us. So I'm curious for you guys, uh, all of us are in D groups or leading them one or the other. Um, how have you seen God work you know, through D groups in our church this past year? I, I, can, I would say one other thing D groups are is in, encourage. There's encouragement that occurs there. Um, you know, as you get together with a, a core group of, of guys or, or girls um, and share your highs and lows from the week and what God is doing in your life, that encouragement is absolutely critical. To know you're not going through it alone um, is awesome. 
Um, we just right at the holidays finished up our D group, so we're getting ready to start a new one. So um, looking to form that team up and and see who God brings into uh, my path for that, which is very encouraging. But I can't imagine not having a D group in my life. For me, it's probably been the most instrumental personal growth tool, if you will, um, that's allowed me to be, you know, it's not accountability, like you said, like the hammer. It's, I don't want to let these guys down. You know, I've committed to them. They've committed to me. We said we're going to do this together. And so I just don't want to let them down and show up and go, yeah, I didn't read again this week. Um, And that has been so cool. So my hope is, you know, through 2021, as we've seen D groups grow tremendously, is just for that growth to occur. The the challenge we're we're starting to find, which is actually a cool challenge, is, you know, the vast majority of our church isn't a D group. So now that I'm looking for new, uh, a new group pool of people to go to, it gets more challenging. But the thing that I've found for myself is. Even though I, um, you know, hopefully we bring some people that have never done it before into our D group. That's awesome. But just the value in in starting new with somebody that may have gone through a D group, but they're new to my D group, there's an opportunity there for growth as well and that discipleship to continue. Um, And it's just a real blessing, a real blessing. Yeah, I can't encourage enough this idea of of viewing discipleship as this lifelong process of of growth towards Christ-likeness. And in, I don't know, it it feels like in, in our culture, we are, there's so many ways to be to be tempted into this into this slow fade of obedience. We have we have friends, we have relatives that are taking a, a less firm stand on what the Bible says. And if we aren't bathing ourselves in the truth of Scripture, day after day, week after week, year after year, decade after decade, we are at risk of fading into that situation that we don't even realize we're fading into. And, and that's where, the, it's one of the ways in my mind that the church has to rise up in that area and draw the line and say, we will be obedient to what the Word of God says. But if we don't know what it says, and if we aren't reminding ourselves of it on a regular basis, and with somebody across the, the room from you saying, yeah, that means you too, we are at risk of fading into that and the first tough thing that comes along with a friend or a family member that is going to cause an awkwardness if we're disagreeing with what they're doing, we're going to be a lot more likely to just, to just let it go instead of saying, you know what, I love you, but um, what you're doing isn't right. And that, just that statement right there takes a lot of courage to say that in, in that sort of situation. So for whether you're in a D group with three new people or you're you know, rotating around a few others that you've never been in one before or you've been in them with the people, but whatever it is, be in a discipling relationship, figure it out. Yeah, I, um, 
<clears throat> I agree with uh, what Greg said um, about why he wants to be and needs to be in a group. Um, I mean, I love you guys, you know, I, but I work with you. It, it's nice. Thanks, it's well, just, just stop there. You know, I just um, feel so affirmed right now. I, I was going to say that it, there's something about um, it's something about hanging out with regular guys, you know. Uh, I was going to say normal, but I didn't because that would mean you're abnormal. But no, I, I'm not going to go stop there. Stop digging. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> no. Um, the, the, so many things where, I could say right now. <laughs> where it's, it's, it, it, I am not a pastor per se, I guess is, is what it comes down to. I am just a follower of Christ, walking with Jesus as these other guys are walking with Jesus. And we're taking this journey together. And um, it's, it's not a top-down hierarchical kind of thing. Even though I initiated, you know, the, the groups that I was a part of, I really uh, feel like um, it's team-led, uh, which is a reflection of, of what we do, uh, which is wonderful. But I need that accountability. I need the friendships. I need um, the encouragement. Um, just knowing um, there's an expectation of reading and memorizing helps me keep my hand to the plow. So what you're saying is you don't have uh, someone leading the group that is the discipler, and they are about to bestow their knowledge upon you, so sit and listen to the discipler. That's, yeah. that's not what a D group is about. Yeah. So that we're, we're all going through it together, and, and we all need it. You know, I need it. I told my guys that, you know, um, after this process and this year is done for us, um, whether I'm leading a group or in a group, I'm going to be in one because um, these kind of disciplines um, I need in my life just as much as everybody else does. But it, but it has also, I would also say this, for, at least for us, it, is, it has highlighted the need to be more missional and to be thinking about um, how, how do I engage people outside of new life? Yeah. and be more intentional in inviting them and sharing our grace stories and, and the gospel with people. Yeah. So knowing God and coming to a saving faith with him and hearing his word, finding community, uh, living life with others, um, making disciples and, and being missional, and that kind of moves us into this next um, piece of the discipleship pathway, which, by the way, it's a circle. It's not a line because um, it's designed to continue to go around and around and around and around is this piece of changing the world. And, you know, we feel like as a church, um, the, the first three that we've talked about, we feel like we're doing those pretty well. And I'm seeing um, some really encouraging and good fruit from that. Um, and the piece that God has been working um, on us as a body with, and I think is going to continue, is this last piece of changing the world. And uh, just uh, this, uh, two, good grief, two weeks ago, uh, we shared the prayer requests. You guys filled those out and, and turned those in. Uh, we were super encouraged um, to be reading through those and praying through those this week of how many of you listed um, somebody by name or just coworkers or family that you feel like God is calling you to share the gospel with. And um, that, that is where... Um, God has been taking us and where we believe God is taking us as a real focus um, this next year. So I'm curious for you guys, um, what are some ways you see God doing that or you see God doing that in the past or in the future to kind of grow that area of us and changing the world? I'm, I'm going to speak from a personal standpoint uh, in my own life on this because I would say this is something that throughout my life as a Christian that I have really struggled at and I've let 
try to let other people do. Um, I think I've shared about that from the stage before, about the challenges of that in my life. But I think through these things, Life Group, but the D Group specifically, has given me the confidence more to be willing to be open about my faith with those I work with, those I uh, come in contact with, you know, um, even my own family, my extended family, and, and to be able to share with them what God has done in my life, where before I was just silent. I was just completely silent. And, you know, my hope is as we go through these things together as a church that that will just continue to grow to where we can't stand to be silent anymore. And it is a broken, broken world. Yeah. Um, every day we see something new. We think we've seen it all and something new happens. And there's no solution other than Christ. There isn't. It doesn't care. It doesn't matter who we elect, who's sitting, president, king, whatever. There's no other solution other than Christ, and we need to make sure the world understands that. Yeah, you guys have heard me talk about this recently, this, this past fall. Um, with the kids, we went through something called Cold Case Christianity for Kids. Raise your hand, kids, if you were there. All right, there you go. And really, that, that birthed out of something that, you know, over the last couple years, um, God has just kind of put a passion in my heart for for becoming better able to defend my faith. And that's rolled over into the approach that we take with our kids and students. As you look at the statistics that as kids get out of children's ministry and go into high school and college, they, they fall away from their faith. The statistics are, are horrible. And why is it they're talked out of their faith? And as Frank Turek says all the time, it's because they've never been talked into it. And so as we did this past study for our uh, third through sixth graders last fall, we're going to continue with ideas like that for both our kids. And I know it's going to roll into probably some of our life groups too, because some of this material, as we grow in that, it's so solid and it's so practical as you get into to tactics of how you get into a conversation about a a. A, a grace story, as Paul said, you hear things said in conversation, and to be able to have some of those tools, and then as we have, as a church, just have this drumbeat of, you know, what's your, what's your story, what's your testimony, who are you praying for to share Christ with, and then uh, for me personally, um, as some of these other things in my life have become smaller, having this topic get bigger and so where I can start start adding knowledge and approaches that I can use in my own day-to-day that that hopefully will will you know kind of trickle out into some of the circles that that I have around here and that more and more people um, will will latch on to the idea of being able to just be convinced because we have the truth That's the thing that I'm becoming more convinced of. Our story is the truth. And so whoever it is that we're worried about talking to and whatever it is they're believing in right now, it's wrong. If they don't trust Christ, the gospel is true and we have the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of him as we share this. And it's their deal to decide. It, that's, on, that's on God and their side of the fence. But our side of the fence is to sharing and be confident in it because we have the truth. Amen. Amen. 
I would take my mic off and drop it, but it might, yeah. it might be problematic. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> there, there is no one way to change the world, you know, but I would say we just have to concentrate on being who God has called us to be, to be his children, to let our light shine because it's shining in the darkness and light by its very nature will illuminate the darkness. People, some people will stiff arm you, you know. Other people, however, you have illuminated for them the way to Christ. And, and so we just have to be obedient, to be salt and light in, in the world. We need to pray for, so encouraged by those prayer cards and seeing people praying, not only for family members, but for, for friends and, and others that they would come to faith in Christ and that they would have opportunities to share the gospel. And uh, this year, we, we want to help you guys do that even better. Now, I'm just curious. Um, I know we've had several people here who have been baptized here at New Life over the years. If you have, you know you have written out your personal testimony because it was read there. How many of you here this morning wrote out your personal testimony? Would you raise your hand so I can just see? Raise it up real high. I want everybody to look around. Ever you see, or like this past year? In, in, in the last five years, I'm saying. Like within the last five years, okay? All right, you can put your hands down now. All right. Um, I think every one of those people would, would say to you it was a worthwhile exercise. They probably hated it at the time, but I think it was a worthwhile exercise. We want every single person in this body um, to be able to do that. And so we will give you the very same tools that they use to be able to do that um, so that you can sharpen your grace story so that you'll feel more confident and comfortable in sharing it with others. So that's one of the th ways that I think we're going to end up changing the world. Yeah. Amen. So for us, you know, first coming to know God, which happens because people are out there changing the world by sharing the gospel. Um, people knowing God, turning their lives to Him, connecting in community and finding that, uh, getting in the mission of making disciples and then continuing to change the world uh, over and over again as uh, we share the gospel and good news with others. Hey, one other thing that I was just going to share is that we've got influence with um, missionaries all over the world that we, in this past year, with you know travel and trips that were fluttering across our minds at the beginning of the year, sort of just went went flat. And so as we look forward to, you know, COVID, God willing, fades away into our rearview mirror, that as we ramp up those sorts of ideas to engage our missionaries personally with trips in the coming, whether it's 2021 or beyond, but this year to, to keep them on our forefront as we've engaged with them even some more through through them participating with us through Facebook Live or being us being able to give some additional funds to them when they have times of need. So that's another thing that I'm excited for as, as our world uh, continues to, you know, mold and, and reshape a little bit for us to be able to add some emphasis to that once again. Yeah, absolutely. And one, yeah. Other, one last thing is in this, because I want to, when you talk about changing the world, that can be a daunting task. So the minute we start thinking, how am I going to change the world? Think about it this way. We change the world one, one heart at a time, one person at a time. We can change the world for one person uh, by introducing them to Christ. And so that, that together, we do that, we will change the world. Yeah, absolutely. So be praying um, for God to uh, reveal to you who he wants you to share the gospel with, that he would open your eyes 
be able to see those opportunities when they're in front of you, and that you would open your mouth uh, in courage and in faith um, and share that good news with um, those around you. A couple things we forgot to mention with the, the knowing God piece that are much um, smaller of importance. Uh, just a very quick update on where we are with the building, search, relocation kind of process. Uh, we continue to work through that and pray through that. Uh, we are in the process of just talking with um, those that own this facility about potentially selling that. We've got an appraisal on this facility, and uh, we have a meeting with them tomorrow um, just to kind of continue that conversation. Uh, so we just ask that uh, you would just pray about that. We want to do what God wants us to do, um, nothing more, nothing less. And uh, we want God's will to be done in that. So um, you might be hearing more from us here really soon. Um, you might not. So, but uh, that's happening tomorrow afternoon at 4. Um, also, um, as far as here on Sunday mornings, um, next week, uh, we're not going to be in this room. So it's going to be different. We're going to be over um, in the other gym, um, and all set up in there. Um, our kids' ministry at this point will actually have two rooms to be in for our uh, nursery and our preschool classes. We'll have... We'll have signs for that next week. So we, we just found out that uh, we're moving uh, two weeks earlier than anticipated. So we're working through a lot of uh, logistics to get it done. Um, but uh, we'll be over in the other gym. There'll be signs for that, for kids' ministry. Um, all happening next week. This Saturday, we're actually going to come in and set up some new things and uh, so we can get ready uh, for all of that on Sunday mornings. Because um, on the 24th of January, um, this building is going to be filled... Um, with volleyball players. So there's going to be about um, potentially 100 to 200 um, people um, playing volleyball or watching volleyball here. So there's going to be a lot of people in and, in and, in and around. So for those of you with um, little kids, just want to keep them with you. We're not sure exactly what it's going to look like and from week to week how many people are going to be in the tournament, but anywhere from probably 100 to 200 people uh, will be in and out. They'll be using the same entry and exit doors for us as us and so the same restrooms as us, um, but uh, we have um, the chance, um, the opportunity in those moments to shine. And who knows, uh, maybe some of them, um, after their volleyball game or in between their volleyball games, they might be joining us um, in their volleyball gear. Um, and uh, they'll have knee pads on, be ready to pray. <laughs> this would probably be also a good time to encourage people to get here early because they may have to drive around to find a parking spot. Yes, parking's gonna be tight. Uh, we have gotten permission, I think, um, to park across the street at the post office and at the BMW place. So for those of you that are getting here early, leaders, if we can park over there, that's going to be really helpful. Uh, make sure we leave as many spaces here as possible. The side of the building over there and the gravel will be open to park in as well as I think the gravel on this side. So we're not exactly sure. Um, they have limited availability to have people come and watch, so it shouldn't be as um, packed as normal if you've driven by here. Um, in past years, it's really, really busy place. So, um, so be ready to shine um, among all these volleyball players. Should be really cool. Um, if you're interested, we're also changing our setup, which actually is going to get easier, I think. Um, but if you're interested in being on that team, um, you can see Jared. Uh, where's Jared? Um, in the, oh, he's in the nursery servant or Paul. Um, if you're interested in serving on that team, um, there are some opportunities uh, for many of us to get plugged in. Uh, we need some people on um, our AV team, on our setup team. Our kids ministry has got some opportunities to serve uh, for people to begin to step up um, in those areas. And we're really looking forward um, to all that God's got for us in 2021. Mm -hmm. So um, what we want you guys to do, uh, all of us to do, 
kind of evaluate where we are um, on this pathway and think through not, not what's the next 10 steps that I need to make, but what's the one next step that I need to take um, on this pathway. Is it to surrender my life um, to God and to seek His forgiveness and repent from sin and um, Him to become your Savior? Is it to take a step of courage and faith and um, begin to get involved and find community among other believers? Is it to take a step of mission and to get involved or to lead a D group and learn what that means and what that looks like and practice those spiritual disciplines? Is it to change the world and to have the courage to share the gospel with those that God has placed you as a missionary in their lives to do? Um, Wherever that is, we want to encourage you to think about that. And if you want help, you have questions about what it means, how to do it with any of these steps, uh, we um, we want to help you with that. And if you can't get to us after the service, just stop at the hub, and uh, they'll, they'll give us a note, and we'll, we'll get right, right with you on that. So otherwise, we're excited about 2021. Um, we're excited about getting past this uh, COVID situation. But just as a quick note, um, COVID has not changed um, our mission at all. Uh, we are still called to be the same people that God's called us to be. And we have um, stayed on that mission. We're going to continue on that mission, uh, whatever happens, whatever virus comes, whatever politicians are in place, we are called um, to be God's people, and that's where we're going to be, um, wherever we go. So, Paul, would you uh, mind closing us in prayer? Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for this, the opportunity that we've had this morning to worship you together as your body. And Lord, um, we know that uh, this mission, this vision that you have given to us is... Um, is far too great for us to accomplish. We need your Holy Spirit to do a deep work in us that you might work through us, not only to conform us to the image of your Son, but also, Lord God, um, that we might help fulfill the mission that you've called us to. Lord, we want to love you with all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our might, and all of our strength, and we want to love one another, even as we love ourselves. And Father, we want to be on mission with you, making disciples. And so, Lord, we pray that this year um, that you would do uh, amazingly, abundantly, above and beyond all we could ask or think for your glory and our good. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.